Welcome into the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is Jay Chuma here with... Da Puma. We are back for another episode um, after an absolutely amazing weekend of football. Yeah, I mean, we can definitely agree that despite everything that happened, it was a great weekend for football in a long time. I tell you what, the NFL is the absolute best drama on the planet. Like, they have the best storylines, they have the best games, right? But even, like, all the off-the-field stuff is just absolutely amazing. Yeah. No doubt, there's so many things going into this game, leading up to the game, and, you know, for some of those conspiracies, conspiracy theorists out there thinking it's, you know, scripted and all that, there's a lot to look into for the games besides what's going on between the numbers. Well, even think about what happened. So, uh, since the, the games ended last Sunday, we've talked about the last, like, week now. Oh, God, the exactly. word of the day is officiating. Yeah, exactly, right? So, we'll get to that a little bit later as well. Quick run on the show, we're going to do a quick recap of the games last week. Um... We're going to talk about some of the officiating, how we can improve next year going into the NFL season, and then talk about the Super Bowl, where the Patriots have made it back to the New England Patriots Invitational, and the Rams have been invited. So that's Yeah, be fun. But, but more important news, Jay, you, you were... You might be missing OTAs next season, this upcoming year. Like, what are we, what are we, what are we working with with the D? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm actually playing hurt. I'm playing day to day actually. Turned thirty about uh, three weeks ago and hurt my knee the night of turning thirty, and that's just happened to get old, man. I'm gonna get a walking cane here soon. Get so, cane. are you gonna make OTAs before Cam Newton, or is it gonna be a tie? Dude, well, I'm going for surgery like in a couple of weeks, and uh, I'm gonna be day to day for a while. But I should be probable for next season. All right. It's good I'm gonna, news. You know, I'm going to be able to get through the podcast at least. All right. All right thank God. <laughs> I'm playing hurt. Thank God. <laughs> Team player right here. Company man. Yeah, man. Uh, so let's start with, obviously, the Patriots and Chiefs, man. It was an absolutely brilliant game. Um, I think it was one of the best Patriots games I've seen in a long time. So many swings. So many emotions. The last eight minutes of that game um, and overtime was just like heart palpitations for me. It was absolutely unreal. No, you know no doubt. No doubt. I mean, I was watching the game. Granted, I was a couple of, you know, rum on the rocks in by that point. After, <laughs> no, you don't after say. Time. The Puma. <laughs> but um, no, uh, the, the, the kiddo had a friend over at the house and we were, we were watching the game. Marcus is doing good. Marcus is doing good. Yeah, nice. him, and, him and his friend. Shout out to Marcus. Or yeah. <laughs> Marky Mark. So yeah, uh, he had a friend over and we were watching the game and I mean, Marcus really didn't watch a whole lot of sports, but he was kind of on the edge of the seat. His friend was losing his mind more than me. Yeah. It was it was a great game all, it was, all it was around. Good. It was absolutely amazing. Um, obviously, the Patriots won going into Arrowhead, um, something a lot of people said they couldn't do. 3-5 um, on the road. Yeah, I'm just saying a lot of people picked the Chiefs to win that game, and deservedly so. I get it. The Chiefs are absolutely amazing at home. But the Patriots went in, um, dominated the first half. No doubt. And then let the uh, the Chiefs climb back into it. Um, and it just goes to speak to the fact that the Patriots weren't the better team that night. They had the better quarterback, simply put, the way I see it. Um, and looking at the box score for that game, um, the Patriots had 36 first downs to the Chiefs' 18 first downs. Now, out of, on top of that, too, out of 70 minutes, call it 70 minutes of football, how much would you say the Chiefs had? What do you mean? Time of possession. Well, the Chiefs, well, they had 20 minutes and yep. 53 seconds, where the Patriots had 43 minutes and 59 seconds. And every single stat, if you if you watch a game via the box score, let's say you don't watch the game and you check out the box score afterwards, and you saw these numbers, you would thought the, the Patriots annihilated them. Yep. But it was actually a really close game because um, the, nine, the 94 plays ran, kept the ball away from, from, uh, from Mahomes, 
And I thought that was the key in all of it. That was the biggest. That was the biggest point of the whole game. Yeah, that was one of Be- uh, Belichick and Brady's, you know, moves was you know defense by offense. Mm-hmm. The other team can't score if they don't get the ball. Mm-hmm. And let's face facts: Kansas City is probably one of the worst teams in the league. Like they barely blitz. Mm-hmm. They they're not a playmaking defense. Eric Berry kind of got torched by Gronk towards the end. Mm-hmm. That led to the game tying. Touchdown, and then one of the third and long conversions in overtime. Like, that defense was highly suspect, in, in my opinion, in the first half, offense-wise. Uh, I don't know if it was a mixture of Indy Reid playing a little scared and not really letting uh, Mahomes try to air it out. And another thing, too, is the Patriots' defense closed the edges out. Mm-hmm. Every time Mahomes tried to run, mm-hmm. to the bounce to the outside to keep a play alive, yeah. there was, you know... Trey Flowers or one of the linebackers right there, and there you go. Mahomes gets a you know a 15 yard sack and crucial towards the uh, end of the first half where it knocked him out of field goal range. And uh, I think that's important there because the game plan for defense was absolutely brilliant in my personal opinion. I oh think, no doubt. I think I think the fact that they kept him in the pocket on top of they bracketed uh, Tyreek Hill, which you called on the first episode of the Pro Football I Radio did. podcast. I've watched enough Patriots games to know tendencies. Yep. And with that uh, bracketing of Tyreek Hill and essentially sticking one of your better corners on Travis Kelsey, they have to go to Sammy Watkins. Well, that's the thing, though, too. Like, corner-wise, they had that rookie Jackson on Kelsey. Mm-hmm. They kind of rolled the dice mm-hmm. and had and double-teamed uh, Hill. And then towards the second half, you know, Jackson got burned a little bit, and they swapped, and they put one of the veteran corners, I think it was Gilmore, yeah. more on Kelsey, and they swapped Jackson out to, yep. to cover the one of the wide receivers. Yep. So, yep. you know, listen, I'm a Dolphins fan. I've said it before. I'll say it a million times until, you know, I'm six feet under. Uh, Bill Belichick is the greatest at defensive planning and adjusting on the fly. I'll say that. I mean, it's not like Tom Brady's calling defensive plays. Oh, well, I'm just saying. Just saying. I'm just saying. A lot of them made this whole week about who gets more credit and this and that. And is it Brady? Is it Belichick? I truly believe it's more Brady than Belichick. But, but defensive wise, there's no one better. Because I mean, on I the fly, know. he swapped the rookie corner to cover Kelsey and still put him on Tyreek Hill, and Tyreek Hill only had one catch I for think, thirty yards. I think. Belichick gets this pass of being this ge- defensive genius where in reality, against uh, last year's Eagles, absolutely torched, right? Ma- putting his ego in front of the team and not playing Malcolm Butler. Um, on top of that, getting... I mean, these defenses haven't been that good. Sure, the defenses were good 0-3, when you had Teddy Bruschi and Asante Samuel and Richard Seymour. That's fine and well. But lately... I'll give you a stat. I'll give you a stat. In three minutes... The Chiefs scored 21 points. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. Like, I don't get that. Like, I don't understand how they went the whole first half without um, even scoring, but then the second half, they're just... But that comes back to the argument of, was Andy Reid playing scared? No, I think it's just Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick Mahomes starts slow. We've seen it a few times now. We saw in Foxborough. We saw in Foxborough. We saw in Seattle. Remember that game up there? Yep. He went to Seattle, didn't have the best game early, and it's just very shaky. Maybe that's something he'll... uh, He'll get better at down the road, but I, I just I don't know, man. I, I just I truly believe this is more Brady than Belichick because that last two drives and overtime was absolutely absolutely amazing. Well, no doubt. But then again, then again, if my defense has been on the field for almost fifty five minutes, yeah, any last minute overtime drive is going to look good. And that's not that's not casting shade. I'm just stating fact that 
if a defense has been on the field for 50 minutes, we saw it in that comeback win against the Falcons in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you're going to have your day, yeah. especially if they can't stop you on three third and longs at dude, those, Dude, I, and that's where Brady's so great, man. Those third and longs when the game is online, man, it was like third and eight, third and nine, whatever it was. It was just absolutely amazing, just slinging it. And then Tony Romo's calling these plays out. Tony <laughs> Romo. Tony Romo. Was just, he, Tony Romo. <laughs> I'm I'm thoroughly excited for the Super Bowl with mm-hmm. Tony Romo and Jim Nance, mm-hmm. especially as you know a kid from the Madden era where you know you can see you know if you hit a certain button you can see what coverage say if you're in defense or what route you want your offense to run. And then there's Tony Romo up in the press box, <laughs> I know, calling down know. everything. I'm like, what? And then next <laughs> thing you know, like you think you're a genius yourself after listening to Tony Romo. I know, right? <laughs> it's just too bad the man couldn't stay healthy enough to win a ring. Yeah, I know. Well, I went to my tie trot about the whole thing. What's what's your thoughts on it? What's your takeaway from that game? What was your out? What was your thing that stood out the most? Oh God, from that Chiefs game, yeah, officiating. Oh my God. Like, listen, this this isn't this isn't you know, and we're gonna get more into officiating later on in the episode. This isn't you know, oh the Dolphins fan with the tinfoil hat. Like, I don't have a conspiracy. I see both sides. No, you don't. no, you don't. No, no, no. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. I'm moving hey, for long hey, enough. Hey, listen. If you don't put up points in the first half, you're probably gonna lose the game against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Yeah. That that's a fact. Yeah. But we can also agree. That if Patrick Mahomes is getting a UFC style ground and pound forearm to the jugular, and that's not called as roughing the passer, but here's Brady getting the collar of his jersey touched, and that's a free 15 yards, keeps the drive alive, and sets up a, uh, a game tying touchdown. That is bullshit. I'm sorry. There, there's no way anyone can logically argue that with me. I think that second, that second, well, the Patriots and Chiefs game. I think that was one greatly appreciated game. I think all the calls were called properly, in my personal opinion. I think, for the most part, there wasn't uh, maybe one bad call here and there. But other than that, that was a great... I'll give you... I will give you one of the two Hogan catches. I'll, I will concede one of the two. But there's no way, if you are looking at a replay... For five plus minutes of whether or not Julian Edelman he did not touch that ball. muffed the punt. He but here's not... the thing. The ruling on the field was he touched it. I it know. was a fumble. Yeah. If there by the rule, if by the rule. Hang on, hang on, If by the rule, the evidence must be clear and obvious for you to overturn the call. How, like, if you're looking at something for five plus minutes and it's still a head scratcher, that's not clear and obvious. No matter what, you still have to go with the call. I will say, when that happened, I was like, there's no way that's going to get overturned. Because there was no clear and obvious Same evidence. here! You know what I'm saying? And to be truthful, um, I was a little shocked it was overturned. No doubt! But, I think in the end, they got the right call. I truly do believe they got the right call. Like, I feel, with what happened before in the Saints game, and the uproar behind that, I think that was part of it, which is kind of shady to say. But I think they truly got the right call in that play. He did not touch the ball. But if the ruling on the field is a fumble recovered, but what's more, you need clear and obvious. But what's what's more important, the rule or getting it right? Well, if there's a rule, there's a rule for a reason. The rules are meant to be broken, aren't they? Oh, well, I mean, here we go. <laughs> rules are meant to be broken. Okay. All right. Here we go. 
Also has a t-shirt that, you know, has Goodell with a clown nose on his face. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Goodell. Yeah, I wonder why. Yeah. Um, so Patriots advance, and then the other game. Um, what the the absolute outcry has been for the last week or so, um, the Rams going into New Orleans and beating the Saints. Um, really interesting game where I believe the better team did win, in my personal opinion, um, because for a while their Drew Brees wasn't playing the best. Yeah. Um, but I still believe the Saints should have won that game because of that non-call. Well, here, here's the thing. It and, if you guys, sucks. and obviously I'm sure you guys have already seen it, but that non-call heard around the world has everybody up in arms and people want to subpoena Roger Goodell to Congress. Oh, yeah. So and, pe- oh, we're going to haul people down to Congress. We can barely get them to haul Goodell and company down to Congress for head injuries to, to former players and domestic violence. No, no, It's cool to kick someone's ass that's a significant others of yours. But, oh, no, blown call in a playoff game. we got to haul people up to Capitol Hill. But here's my, here's my thing about the game. It was a great game. And what sucks is that this call nullifies a whole lot of things. It nullifies that Jared Goff looked the part and why the Rams took him first overall a couple years ago. He did. Okay? Especially with a non-existent run game from Jared uh, from Todd Gurley. What's up with the Todd father? Uh, uh, First of all, why did you call him Todd father? Because he's he's Todd Gurley, baby. Dude, you know what's funny? I've been uh, ever since uh, you you said that around me. I've been calling Todd father as well. It fits. It does. It fits. I gotta give credit though. I gotta give credit though. I'll take credit. No, no, no. But I took it from you know anyone that follows baseball. There's a third baseman, uh, Todd Frazier, and nobody follows baseball. You know this for the five people out there that do. Todd Frazier's nickname, the Todd Father, and I brought it to the football. The Todd but Father. Besides what I was saying, it took it nullified a really great athletic performance by Jared Goff. It silenced, you know, the Rams defense mm-hmm. holding the Saints down. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, let's call it for what it is. It gives Sean Payton and his coaching staff a get out of jail free card because he was getting cute with the offensive play calling in the was, second half. He was. He they, was. His defense couldn't make a stop. And, you know, let's call it for what it is. I don't think Drew Brees can throw the ball downfield that much anymore because well, if he hit Ted Ginn in stride, mm-hmm. we're not having this conversation, yeah. Yeah. and they're going to the Super Bowl. He underthrows Ted Ginn. It sets them up. They kind of get cute with the play call. They don't run. Then they throw the ball to uh, to Tommy Lee Lewis. Nikel Roby Coleman gets there, and the rest is history when we go to overtime and – we all know what happens after that. So it's interesting um, because the last few years, Drew Brees has tailed off significantly towards the end of the year. Like, dude, middle of the season, I, I was like, this is as good as any offense I've ever seen. That's the best I, I've seen of I Drew Brees. Was, I was thinking, like, this is 07 Patriots offense. Like, this is um, greatest show on turf yeah. offense. Like, but towards the end of the year, they tailed off big and they morphed into a different team. They morphed into a running defensive team. And Aside of that, they were throwing everything, Dinkin and Duncan, underneath. Mm-hmm. Like, granted, there was mismatches with Kamara and the linebackers because the well, defense well, was game, living and yeah, dying. Well, well, in, this game, yeah, in this game, they did, but towards the end of the year, they weren't the same right. offensive firepower team that they were. So maybe it's, it has to look at where Drew Brees' arm gets tired towards the end of the year or whatever it is. They're not the same team they are the last couple of years in the middle of the season they are at the end of the year. Yeah. Is, is the father time catching up to him? I think so. I mean, then there's also the theory of, you know, it's January. Mm-hmm. Show me if you can't show me someone that isn't hurt on a football team, then they're probably not a starter. Sure, of course, it's, it's January. Mean, Everybody, everybody's banged. Yeah, up. you got to peak at the right time. But Tom Brady played hurt for most of the year, and he's peaking at the right time now. Yeah. Absolutely, going out there and slinging it the last three, four games. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, if 
if he hits if he hits uh, Ted Ginn in stride, yeah. we're not talking about it. If uh, well, Marcus Joyner makes a play and bats the ball down, we're not talking about this play. Mm-hmm. You, you know, yes, the call had a big effect in the game, but they could have won that game three different times before they even got down to the to the red zone. And then way. let's talk about the overtime rules, I guess, because people have been all kinds of crazy about how um, Patrick Mahomes... You never touched the ball. And that's fine. You never touched the ball. Now, that's fine. I'm being sarcastic. Don't get it twisted. I'm, I'm siding with you to a point. We shouldn't change the rules because, oh, Patrick Mahomes didn't get the football. Exactly. I completely... Listen. Exactly. The overtime rules suck. But we can't just go to college and have seven overtimes and end up with games ending 80-75 to 75 like that Texas A&M, A&M yeah. game earlier this year. Yeah. What we have right now is probably the best it's going to be. I think it's be. good. I think it's good. The only way you could probably make it better is if you want to incentivize home field advantage more. Mm-hmm. Is In the playoffs, at least, yeah. if you have home field advantage, you get the football first. That's the only way I could think of it besides having... Every side get a ball, a touch of the ball, and you play a full an extra quarter. I find it funny that in one game Patrick Mahomes didn't get the ball, and everybody's out. It's like you know, there's this outcry that he didn't get the ball, blah blah, whatever. But Drew Brees got the ball in the exactly. first game. That was my point. Like, and Drew nobody Brees, said shit. Drew Brees got the ball. He went down there. He didn't. Even, he, he couldn't score a field goal even, and uh, he got uh, he got, he got f- picked. He got picked off, and then uh, the Rams went the other way and scored. So I I, I don't buy this narrative of that we got to change the NFL rules right. because. Patrick Mahomes didn't get the ball. I will say this. There wouldn't be such an outcry if it was flipped in that Patriots-Chiefs game where in overtime, um, Patrick Mahomes got the ball, drove down, and scored. I can agree with that. Nobody would care one bit. Nobody would care that the Patriots didn't get a chance because obviously there's all this super hate around the Patriots. I mean, it is true. It is true. Am I right or am I wrong here? No, I'm I'm with you with if the coin was on the side. America wouldn't have... Cared one bit. They're like, ah, forget it, Tom Brady. Yeah, whatever. Right. But the, I didn't get the ball. But for the gets. argument, but for the argument of, oh, we got to change it because the other guy didn't get like yes. didn't get the football is utter nonsense because That's... nobody was crying about you know what if Jerry Goff didn't get to touch the football. Yeah. So we're in agreement that the overtime rules are good no, as they I, are, right? Yeah. And they turned out perfect with how the Saints game played out. Right. And then how the and that's what made this weekend great. If you take the officiating and put it on the side of the table over here and just look at the games, it was a great weekend of football, especially going in overtime. But uh, I'm in agreement with you. Like I said, unless they find a way to incorporate home field advantage, which is some you know personalities on radio and TV have been saying of you know if you incentivize home field advantage and. You know, whoever has it in the playoffs gets the football first. That's the probably the only way you can probably make the overtime rules better. But besides that, I think it's it, you know it is yeah. what it is. It's, I think it's we're in yet. I think it's an agreement. How about the 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 non-call, the officiating on that? What was your thoughts on that? How do we improve that going forward? And here's my thought process on it. I think you open up the challenge to the, the two challenges the coaches have to any play. So you want all plays with you. So you're in the Belichick only, camp. Only twice in a game. Right. So you still have the same amount of challenges. You still have the same amount of challenges. You don't slow a game down where you're checking every single play. But two crucial plays throughout the game, the coach has complete control over if it's reviewed or not. Even in the two minutes. Even in two minutes, yep. Because all the replays coming from up upstairs down is still subjective on a non um, on, on a non you know patriot or non chief or non same right. side of it. You know what I'm saying? 
I mean, I'm with you. I think. I mean, uh, I think passing interference and roughing the passer need to be revealed. Oh, of course. Like, yeah. especially yeah. with. I mean, not even playoff wise. Look at Clay Matthews against the Vikings, uh, like week two or three, with uh, the roughing the passer call. That, that was, was though. That was barely that him. That was. He, he barely his, hit him. No, he, okay. laid his, he laid his weight on Regardless, that. some of these calls of roughing the passer are a joke, mm-hmm. and some of them are legit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some of them are ending the games, you know, here or there, and I, I just think that those two calls should be reviewable. And some people are going to say, oh, well, they're going to slow the game down with every review. Yeah, that's I understand. That's I understand that if you make roughing the passer and... Uh, Pass, and passing interference reviewable, you're probably going to see more flags yeah. now, especially after the Saints game, because no officiating crew wants to be known as that guy oh God, that yeah. blew a call. Oh so, God. yeah, you're going to see more flags. But to to that extent, to speed up the game, every review needs to be a minute. Minute tops. It, 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 and then it goes back to the clear and obvious rule. I um I find it funny that people say that it's gonna slow the game down, like it's gonna become baseball all of a sudden, and that's no. my worst fear. I do not want it to become like baseball, dude. Baseball is just um, if you can't tell, I'm not a baseball fan, and it's not good. But I think it's not gonna slow down that much. If you have two reviews over anything, then like I, I don't understand right. how that's. And I mean, in the grand scheme, in the Chiefs game, because that had the most reviews out of the two games. Yeah, what five minute review mm-hmm. for the the muff punt that wasn't mm-hmm. and then you have what two minutes apiece for the Hogan let's call it two minutes mm-hmm. so there's what eight or nine minutes of, yeah. of replay yeah out of call it three hours of football yeah. with yeah. with com- with commercials maybe if you got rid of tv timeouts or knocked them down you would not have to worry about the pace of the game yeah when really that the amount of time for the replays was kind of irrelevant yeah. at that point yeah, regardless, all-time robbery, man. All-time robbery. Um, just that is a bad non-call, man. That, that was a bad decision by 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 the officiating crew. And with that being said, I want to play a little game with you, Mr. Brandon Da Silva Puma. Uh, here we go. It's something I concocted last night. It's called What Was Worse. You ready for this? Oh, I can't wait. The official deciding not to throw the flag... Or Steve Bartman trying to catch the foul ball. What was worse, Mr. Puma, being the oh Cubs God, fan that you are? A Cubs fan? <laughs> oh, Christ. It's like that meme with the guy with the two buttons and dabbing sweat off his forehead. Uh, I'm going to go. <laughs> Can I say both? Yeah, those are both are pretty bad. Yeah, those are both pretty bad. Um, especially because, I, I mean, I watched... Both of them live. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the Saints. I'm going to go with the Saints non-call. <laughs> it's worse than Steve right, Bartman. Right, cool. Only because we just won the World Series like two or three right, years right, ago. Okay. Let's take it up a notch, all right? What was worse? The officials deciding not to throw the flag or the city of Troy accepting the Trojan horse? <laughs> I'm going to go with the non-call. I'm going to go with really? the non-call. Oh, yeah. the Trojan horse? Yep. You know... <laughs> You see people wheeling. Your- if you see people wheeling horses around as a present, you know, shame on you, homeboy. What, what was the city of Troy thinking? Like, oh, they just gave us a gift and walked yeah, away. Yeah. Like, it's like, not like they're giving they, you a Christmas ornament. They, they it were, is a full-on horse. They were camped out there for fucking I don't know how long weeks. I don't know, <laughs> sitting there for three days. Three days, of dudes with like loincloth and a horse. Oh my god! Come on. All right, so I, I will still Some say some man of war shit. <laughs> All right, last one. What was worse, the official deciding not to throw the flag or the whole winning phase of Charlie Sheen? 
Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Do you remember I, that? You know what? How I'm going to own up to how, it. No, no, how do people let him get away with that? Not I'm going to own up to it. I had you know a couple of people, Danny B, Josh M from the 603 can attest that I did have a Charlie Sheen winning t-shirt you that I people? did wear to summer camp a few times. Dude, oh, yeah. I was totally a Charlie Sheen mark when I he was, hate you. When he was you off so his much. rails. I hate you so much. Oh, please. I hate you. Please. You had a winning shirt? I was making a joke on this and you told me you have a winning shirt? Come on now. It's oh Charlie Sheen. I he was winning people, drinking tiger blood. People, I need a new co-host. He was, drink, so. <laughs> he was drinking, drinking tiger blood, doing cocaine off of well, what was off worse? The what was worse? That, sh- that whole Charlie Sheen phase? or Oh, another that, call. Another call. call. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take Charlie Sheen off the rails. So I guess. I guess. Free ends of humanity. <laughs> Free. Um, all right. So... With that being said, and it's wrapped up, let's look, let's look forward to uh, the Super Bowl, right? Um, the uh, St. Louis Rams will be playing in Not the... St. Louis. What are you talking I'm sorry. about? Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Is Jeff Fisher the coach God. again? I'm not saying Los Angeles. You know, sometimes I say San Diego Chargers still. I still do. It, it just it fits. It's yeah. the San Diego Chargers, the powder blue jerseys. Yeah. Come at me. So the Los Angeles Rams will be playing in the New England Patriots Invitational. Um, nine out of the last 18 years. Um, what are your early thoughts on that game? Oh God, early thoughts. Um, and we're not gonna make any picks tonight. We're just kind of gonna recap the the game a little bit, and we'll make our picks next week. I mean, early thoughts is you know the Rams. I think they're gonna have to get Jared Goff moving more in the pocket. Sure. I mean, he he looked great, especially in the overtime where he had he had some, I think one definitely one great bootleg. To the to the right, and he dumped a pass off to to Everett, the tight end, to get a mm-hmm. crucial first down. He looked great on the move. Like I said, he looked the part of why the Rams took him first overall. And it's going to be interesting to see how Bill Belichick, you know, counteracts that. You know, try to keep him contained and make him stay in the pocket and throw downfield. It, it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. I think the Rams are going to have to get. Josh Reynolds more involved in the slot. Cooper Cup went yeah, out. Yeah. Josh Reynolds filled the spot. He had a decent day in New Orleans. I think he ended the day with about uh, you know, seventy-eight receiving yards. He probably could have had more. They got him involved in the run game on a, a jet sweep. It looked like. Yeah. Uh, so I think you're going to see more of uh, Josh Reynolds and a lot of maybe. Everett and Higby. Higby had a couple of clutch catches for the Rams, and sure. I think you're going to see the tight end a little bit more involved. And for Christ's sake, Todd, the Todd father, the Todd father, you're, you're killing me. The Todd like, father. You know, part of me thinks he's not hurt. He's not hurt. I don't think he's hurt because he had pop on that three yard mm-hmm. drive, the, the three yard run rather into the end zone on that that one touchdown that kind of salvaged his day. Yeah. Salvaged in air quotes. But he, man, he had two brutal drops. Yeah. One of them that led to an interception, which, you know, I guess if you're a Rams fan, thank God it only led to a field goal. Yeah. And then one third down drop that could have been a uh, conversion or if he got a block, it could have led to a touchdown. Sure. After those two drops, you didn't see him. Mm-hmm. You know, McVay put his... Workhorse on the bench and rolled with C.J. Anderson the rest Sorry, of the day. Not the the mini fridge. The mi- no, no, the whirlpool. The whirlpool. He's my whirlpool. He's, he's whirlpool. my whirlpool dishwasher. Um, put a bowling ball out there. Yeah, he's a thumper. <laughs> he's a tummy out there. <laughs> but like he can, he can do the cuts. <laughs> he still got the moves. Yeah, he yeah, can yeah. shake him big. Yeah. But I think that's going to be key. Um, and then for the, uh, I mean, the Pats. Good I mean, God, uh, just Tom Brady. I mean, really, Brady. That's it. And it's going to be Brady. 
Well, here's the thing. Brady. Gonna, shut up! Brady. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, Edelman facing, he's probably going to get that that corner that blew up Tommy Lee Lewis, Nikel Roby Cohen, lined up in the slot because that's where Coleman lines up. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, a chippy, young corner with the bright, the brighter lights on him now faces off against the seasoned veteran that some people I've seen on mainstream, uh, you know, networks make a claim that he's a Hall of Famer. He it's going to be interesting. He to is. See. I think he is. I think Julian Edelman is a Hall of Famer, dude. I think the difference... So listen, we lost two Super Bowls with Wes Walker because he wasn't as tough as Julian Edelman is. If Wes Walker had a little bit of Julian Edelman in him, we'd have won those two Super Bowls. Because he dropped that one pass. Remember that pass he dropped against the, the Giants? Mm-hmm. That was the massive play of the game. And I think, I think more than anything, with Tom Brady obviously playing better down the, uh, in the lighter year of his career right now, um, I think Edelman stepping up is a big part of our success lately. Like, I believe him filling out that um, slot receiver role with some toughness is massive. And it goes to, I don't even know how to explain this or how to like even uh, like quantify it. And I can't really because they have the same numbers, Wes Walker and Julian. The well, sorry about that. But like, you can't mention a, hard. You can't dolphin, mention the chip on Julian Edelman. Shoulder. I was just going to say, you know... Yet again, coming as a South Beach fan, mm-hmm. I can respect game, mm-hmm. and I can say that Julian Edelman gives that team an attitude. Yeah, exactly. Wes Walker never had that. No, know? Wes Walker was, to me, it, it seemed kind of timid. Yeah. You know, he didn't. Yeah. the only time he did talking was when he went to Denver yeah. for, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, a cup of coffee, yeah. because he kept getting concussions and he never yeah. played again. Um, but yeah, I can definitely admit that Julian Edelman gives that team an attitude yeah. and a little bit of an edge. Yeah. So. Do I just can't believe we're back in the in the Super Bowl? I truly cannot believe we're back in the Super Bowl, because you you know I mean we talked about the whole football season. I thought um, middle of December after that Steelers lost, I was like, oof. I mean, I love my boys and all, but I think this is a year where we won't make it back to the Super Bowl. I get that, but dude, they're back in the Super Bowl. Think about that. And in a year where we thought we were gonna be down. We thought we were going to be reloading because next year is our big year. Next year we have 12 draft picks. Gronk's coming off of uh, our books. There's no contract for him next year. Obviously, he's going to probably retire. Um, you have Brady. You have 12 massive picks. You have um, Gronk. You know, his his uh, salary cap frees up. So I think next year was going to be our good good year. I thought this was going to be a reloading bridge year almost. And we submitted to the Super Bowl. Like and, that's, and like I said at the end of the episode like Just give up NFL. Week, just give up NFL. But like, like I said, That's well, got to be demoralizing. It has to be demoralizing. But like right? I said at the end of last week's episode was I can't complain about any matchup that went to the Super Bowl. And I'm thoroughly excited to see the, you know, the young offensive wonder kid face mm-hmm. off against, you know, the fucking white wizard on the top of the mountain and <laughs> uh, Bill Belichick with the, you know, offense versus defense. And then, you know, no one's talking about this. Fucking, you know, uh, Wade Phillips is no slouch. Oh, no. Wade on the Phillips ran. shut down he, Brady in Denver. Yep. He was on that defensive coordinating uh, team uh, with the Broncos. Yep. That caused all kinds of problems. And nobody, I, that's the one thing short of, uh, I think, Boomer and Geo on WFAN. Yep, shameless plug. Don't care. I love that show in the morning. Why are you plugging them? Because it's they're awesome. You got to listen to them why, sometimes. WFAN. Why, I mean, I, why don't you plug the Pro Football Radio I podcast? Plug, yo, you got you watch my Twitter feed. I plug us all the time. I like it. You're the promo. You're the but, promo guy. But short of them, no one's no one Pretty soon, those about. guys on, was it a WFAN? Yeah. They're going to be plugging us. Hell yeah. They're going to check out the PFR podcast. Yes, sir. J. Chima and Puma. Mr. Puma, as they'll call you. <laughs> yes, yes. But no one, no one's talking about Wade Phillips, especially with that front four. Fowler, 
Sue, Donald, you know. Brockers. Brockers. Yeah. He, I forgot about him. He's I, the one unsung guy a, on that, on he's that line. the third best player on the D-line. I totally forgot about Brockers. Yeah. They, have athletic, they have athletic linebackers, I think, that are going to give Brady some fits when they're trying to do slants to the inside. I, I don't think he's going to be able to get the ball off that quick. Granted, I'm going to cop. It's not like you're going to shut down the middle of the field. like mm-hmm. uh, you know. But he's definitely not going to have a day like he did in Kansas City with quick slant, quick slant. Quick slant. So here's the thing. I think here's my two quick points, my quick early points about the whole uh, Super Bowl matchup. I think it's going to center around Donald. Uh, I'm sorry, Aaron Donald. He has to be big for us. He has to be big for the Rams, absolutely. Yeah. If he can disrupt Tom Brady and he can disrupt that running game, more importantly. No doubt. I think Rams will win. They did look good against the run last week, though. Right? So, and then for the Patriots, it comes down to two things. It comes down to the running game. you got to run at Aaron Donald. you got to... You gotta put him in a state of limbo, or because when you run the ball, these defensive ends can't like rush you. They yeah, can't, you can't, they can't pin your ears back. Yeah, you can't. They can't tee off on you. We run the ball consistently. It kind of puts the uh, the uh, the defensive line uh, just in hold almost, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then I'll come out to obviously Brady being Brady. He has to be the goat, which right. he, which he is, and he'll show up. But it's more importantly about what will that offensive line do in regards to that defensive line. Can we still run the ball the way we the last two weeks? And I think that's. Gonna hey, be can great. we talk real quick? James Devlin. Yes. That Devlin kid. Yes. When, anybody out there, when was the last time Michael you, saw, you saw... This motherfucker right here. <laughs> the last time you saw a fullback run a wheel route. <laughs> Mike Allstott. Yeah. My boy, the A-Train. Dude, you said it? I was thinking already. Yep. We got a wavelength. That, that's why we got this show. <laughs> but seriously, like, when I saw... Devlin, run the wheel route. I was like, yeah. I mean, they're literally firing at all cylinders. Dude, like, they're they're right, just teeing off against for a the Chiefs. Let's think about this for a second. We have James White, Devlin. Speaking of James White, real quick. Yeah. Dude. Underrated. 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 I'm not trying to. I'm. Don't get it twisted. I'm not a mark. Mm-hmm. I'm just stating the facts. He is crucial. He's a godsend yeah. to that Patriot offense mm-hmm. on second and long, mm-hmm. third and long. He's got great hands. He's got explosive speed. And it's not like Brady was thrown behind him. Because a couple of times, like on the counter app that Mahomes, when he was trying to hit Damian Williams on, say, a wheel route or a check down, he was either thrown behind Damian Williams or he led him too far. Every toss to James White was on the money, yep. hitting him in stride and you know, he's off of the races. Right before the half, he had a massive uh, run that set us up for that touchdown. Yep. Because I think we were content with just like, all right, well, let's try to get one play here, see if anything right. happens out of it. If not, let's just go into halftime with a 7-0 lead. But that little run he had for like how many yards? It was almost like 15. Yeah, yeah, I think it was more than that. Something like that. And it they set him up really well where they went and scored that touchdown. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm, Brady wasn't checked down Charlie. Mm-hmm. If you were – you're giving him mm-hmm. – James White to just run run down and get ten yards. Yeah, you're gonna lose. That's probably the probably the best backfield right now in football. Yeah, I'll give you that. That, that was my overall point. Is they're the best backfield in football. Oh right God, now. Sony Michelle, dude. And it's funny because that first half they were one team, and that's the Patriots' biggest strength. They can just adapt on the fly. First half running team. Second half or late uh, third and early fourth and overtime. Complete passing team. It was Tom Brady show all over yeah. again. So, but then again, it goes back to that Kansas City defense was <laughs> exhausted. True. Short of you know a couple of plays, key plays, interceptions from that Sorensen kid number forty-seven. You know that defense was gassed. I think they were mentally exhausted too because 
you know, D Ford, you're a veteran, you got no business lining up in the neutral zone. Which he was offside. I'm not I'm not arguing with that. Yeah. I just conceded yeah. he lined up in the neutral zone. Yeah. You need to know better than that where you are on the field. Yeah, man, I think we covered most of everything, right? Uh, any uh, final points you want to get out? About these games? I mean... How, how mad were you after the Patriots won? On a scale one to how mad were you? Like it. Like a 10. Oh, that's pretty scary. Like a 10. Brandon I wasn't Puma, like... Brandon the Puma I mean, said 10 is scary. There were two kids at the house. I'm not going to rip the house down. I'm not going to be an ass. But on the inside... Yeah, it was... You know, on the outside, you're like, everything is fine. I'm like... Fine. Literally, literally, you could, ask, you could ask them. It's verified. I said, all right, I'm going to sleep. Don't be too loud. I'll see you guys in the morning. Wasn't that good, though? I didn't even, like, poke it. I was like, you know what? I want him to go to sleep. Have a good night. Yep. I don't want to get him all riled up before yep. he goes to sleep. So. That was that was it. Um, and you know what? At the end of the day, I didn't have to poke it. The scoreboard did the talking, baby. Well, here we go. Now, now, now we're trying to talk tough. Talking shit. I'm just saying. Talking shit. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're not, even, we're not even at Media Week for the Super Bowl. Are Ready we going down for Media? Are we going down for Media Week? No, I think we are should we, try. Are we going to Radio Row? We should try. I'll, I'll, think- I'm supposed to go to Texas. On Tuesday, I, I might try to find a way to, you know, make my way down to Atlanta. <laughs> they don't need me. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. No, I, I'm stoked to go down to Texas. Don't get twisted. People at work that are listening, I love my job, and I am excited to go down to San Antonio. Anyone that been to, you, you ever been to San Antonio? I've not been to San Antonio, but I heard they got, uh, what do they got down there? They got, I mean, they got the Alamo. Oh, that's it? They got the Alamo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's it? That's they got all- the Alamo. I, they got Riverwalk. <laughs> It's pretty bad if that's what you have to lead off with. Wow. <laughs> wow. This guy. I mean, it's the Alamo. It's like, oh, what's in D.C.? Oh, we got the Capitol building. Oh, it's just the Capitol building? Come on. I don't know, man. I feel like, uh, like, oh, the Alamo? I mean, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm excited. Any, any, anyone that list, that's listening from Texas to San Antonio, please feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Brando underscore Puma. Look at that. Shameless plug. Hit me, up, hit me up on Twitter with any thoughts on things I should look at and look for besides the Alamo. Jay's looking at me sideways like, ooh, still the Alamo, but whatever. I mean, like, it was, like, what's even what's the significance? Remember the Alamo? I mean, like... What's the significance yeah, like, of the Alamo? Yeah, I mean, I, it's oh, been a while since I've been in a picture class. Like, what, what, what this, this guy. <laughs> I'm just saying. Listen, I'm not, get, I'm not getting shit on, on the social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram machine, because mm-hmm. you said, what's the significance of the Alamo? Okay. All right, if there's anybody listening from the, uh, let's say, I don't know, L.A. or Miami area, hit me up at HHHima and let me know what to do in those cities because I do not want to be anywhere close to San Antonio. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. But, um, dude, there's, there's also been, like, other headlines since the end of the game. I mean, that Kansas City game cost somebody's job. Uh, yeah, Bob Sutton, right? Bob so, Sutton's out. Steve Spagnuolo's in. Which is, which is stupid. I think, I think it's stupid. I think you go after Rex Ryan. You go after somebody that's caused... Listen, think about it in the grand scheme of things. You're going to see the Patriots again. Tom Brady's not going anywhere for the next three, four years. Yeah. Three to four years, Tom Brady's not going anywhere. So why not go and get the guy at Baltimore Ravens, defensive coordinator, caused all kinds of fits for Brady, and then the guy that played... Obviously, that was the head coach of Rex Ryan at, um, at the New York Jets, caused all kinds of fits for Brady then as well. Why not go get him and pair him up with that offense? You forget Steve Spagnuolo was a defensive coordinator for the Giants and definitely one of those Super Bowl teams, right? But I, I would rather have... I would rather have... 
the way I see it, Rex Ryan has a bigger hit, uh, the a bigger success rate. He had it with uh, what you call it, with the with the Ravens, and he had it with the Jets as well. I feel like he causes all even with the even with the Bills occasionally he would cause fits for Brady. Right. So I but feel like then, he has a bigger. He's seen him more. He's seen him way more than Steve Spagnuolo has, and that's my whole thing is he's seen Brady so many times that he knows his tendencies. But does Andy Reid want to deal with that personality? Why not? Rex Ryan is great. I'm not doubting. Don't get it twisted. I'm not doubting Rex Ryan's ability as a coach, yeah. but he's. He is a media personality. Do you want to deal with that? Why not? I don't think he wants to. I mean, listen, you're still going to get exotic blitz packages yeah. out of Steve Spagnolo for a team that is dying to blitz because they they never they play man the whole no, time I, I, and they I, never I, that's blitz. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But like, it's not like they didn't try to blitz. It's the fact that the Patriots had such a well-balanced offensive attack where you ran the ball, play action, you just didn't know what's going to happen. But see, it's not even just the game. It's not even just this game. They were 27th overall yeah, the entire that. season. I'll you have that. four awesome pass rushers led by Justin Houston and D Ford, mm-hmm. and you really weren't even top 10 but, in sacks. How can you get to Brady if he's getting the ball off in two seconds? I mean, you got to start blitzing people. I don't know, man. How? You can't. Brady's just too good. And let's end on that note. Whatever. <laughs> the point being, I think Steve Spagnuolo is a good hire for the Kansas City Chiefs because, Jesus Christ, let's get people, let's make this defense a playmaking defense so, you know, Pat Mahomes doesn't have to throw the ball 45 times a game. Yeah. What's, what's your thoughts on Brady going into the locker room afterwards and giving some words of advice to Patrick Mahomes? I mean, it's kind of an impromptu passing yeah. the torch. Yeah, I mean, right? But then again, you yeah. you got to think. Game respects game. Yeah, and that's my point, right? Game respects game as well. So, all right, well, uh, great second episode um, of the Pro Football Radio podcast. Um, we will be back next week with our Super Bowl analysis, Super Bowl picks, Media Week, all that stuff. And uh, we'll go from there. Anything else you want to add in, bro? No, not really. No. no. Why, don't you, why don't you do the plugging thing real quick at the oh, end? Oh, we got to do the why plugs. You, why don't you plug us uh, instead of plugging whoever WFAN is? Hey, hey, hey. Show respect for WFAN, man. <laughs> Boomer and Geo in the morning. Good Stop shit. it! You good say, you good say, stuff. You got to say PFR. Hey, I plug us enough. Don't you worry about me. Be sure to follow us on the Twitter machine at PFR Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Brando underscore Puma. Instagram at Brando Puma. Instagram for my fine fellow over here, Jay Chima, is at jchima24. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at jchima. Follow us on Instagram at Pro Football Radio Podcast. Facebook is Pro Football God. Radio Podcast. There's so many. And I think that about covers it. Oh, my God. If I'm so missing many. anything, let me know. Why isn't there just like one big social media account? Because you got you're gonna be taking food out of people's mouths, mm-hmm. man. Interesting. All right, people. Well, that's uh, that's all we have for today. Um, thank you for listening, as always. We will see you next week. Vaya con Dios.